And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump. Season 4, Episode 33. A baseball podcast. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. This Monday afternoon, September 17th, 2018. Broadcasting in from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me this afternoon is Eli. Eli, how's it going? Hey there, Joel. Doing pretty well. I'm coming at you from uh, the PVD per usual. And my hot take this week is actually looking at the Orioles, um, who are in the basement of the American League East, and perhaps will not reach 50 wins this season, which, if you think about it, in 162 years season, or game season, it's just, that's atrocious. That's pretty bad. They're, yeah, they're at 43 right now, so They're 43 we'll and 106, I'm trying to do, they've got to finish 7 and 6, they have to, they have to finish above 500 to reach 50 wins. <laughs> It's a tall order for a team that's only won 43 <laughs> games so far. Do you know who's their, on their schedule? I think that the Blue Jays are playing them in a series right now. I don't know who they have beyond that. Uh, Blue Jays. Yankees. Oh! <laughs> Blue Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, Astros. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. <laughs> You can't even, you just, you have to feel bad for a franchise at that point. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for them to get to 50 wins. Here's the question. I don't know if you know the answer off the top of your head. Is this going to be the worst season percentage-wise in Baltimore history? If it's not, I'd be very, very interested in learning what's worst. <laughs> because not only is less, fewer than... 50 wins, abysmal. Um, no, that's all I got. It's abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's bad. Not not good times in little Baltimore right now. Uh, so my hot take for the week, of course, uh, you know, college football is going. I haven't gotten a lot of opportunity to talk about college football, but I watched a lot this weekend. One thing I saw was the little University of North Texas from Conference USA, public university from Denton, Texas. They knocked off the University of Arkansas of the SEC, defeated them 44-17. to Whoa. That was a game that Arkansas actually paid, paid North Texas $1.1 million to play. And... Was- <laughs> was it like a moral boosting game that they wanted to just come and slam on this team? I think partially. Also, North Texas is a pretty good team from CUSA. And Arkansas could be really, really bad this year. It could be a long and painful season for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Well, certainly not starting out the right way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the best part about this was North Texas scored... One of their many touchdowns on a punt return where the returner faked a fair catch call, waited for, tricked all of the defenders into thinking that he had called a fair catch, and then waited till they started walking off the field, and then he just ran it in for a touchdown. Completely illegal. Wait, so how do you fake a fair catch call? It was, don't you have to raise your hand? It, it was amazing. You should watch the video. I'll try to remember to put it up on our Facebook page. But he kind of just, like, hesitated. Like, he did a little bit of a shrug, but he never raised his hand. And then he huh. caught the ball. And it was an obvious fair catch situation. And he caught the ball and then just kind of started walking towards his sideline. As if he had fair caught it. <laughs> and the Arkansas players just started walking toward their sideline. And I actually read about it afterwards. 
it was a planned play by the University of North Texas. They had practiced it. And part of the fake-out was they had their blockers initially jam the Arkansas players and then let them go, which is what you do when it's a, a planned fair catch. So hmm. they had the whole team acting like it was a planned fair catch to the point where they all you know, jammed their defenders for about a second, then let them go. And then kind of just stopped playing. And once the guy caught the ball, all the UNT players start walking to the sideline. I am trying to run that through in what the opposite scenario would be like. Like, all it would take is basically one headhunter to not fall for that. (laughs) And then that poor punt returner is going to get his head cleaned off (laughs) because... Obviously, if everyone's letting people through, they can really get a full head of steam running right at the guy. They, so kudos for them for figuring it out, but wow. Yeah, and the coaches, the North Texas coaches, had to run this by the player, the return man. They had to be like, okay, are you ready? Because if this doesn't <laughs> work, die. It was pretty awesome. You should check out the YouTube video. So I, I yeah, definitely will. That's just one reason why I'm a big fan of college football. You just have crazy trick plays like that happen with pretty high frequency. Of course, you know, they didn't need it. They ended up winning by 27 points, but it's still cool to watch. Um, so, yeah, so college football is back, and I'm excited. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. Um... If you are listening, subscribe to us on Apple iTunes. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud.com. If you hit us up on Apple iTunes, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Um, You can also check us out on Twitter at DumpOnTheUmp and visit our Facebook page, uh, DumpOnTheUmp. Last week, we talked about hurling. Sam Sam was back from Ireland, gave us the 411 on the Irish Hurling Championships. We also talked about uh, the Serena Williams Naomi Osaka tennis final. Eli, did you check out that that um, conversation? Uh, I haven't caught up on the latest episode yet. I'm embarrassed to say, but um, I am very much looking forward to learning a little bit more about hurling. And yeah. <laughs> uh, did did pay attention to the whole U.S. Open yeah, uh, finale. Yeah, did you have a take on that? I was curious. Yeah, you know, I, I actually spent a lot of time thinking about it and um, talked to some folks who actually cover tennis uh-huh. uh, because I was kind of curious to learn sort of where they were at and where this stood up to everything that's happened in the past. And I guess where I eventually landed up is that like, there is clear and measurable bias that exists in tennis. And, uh, it's like not even, it's not even a question about whether or not it's there. It's, it's like pretty clear to everybody involved that there is, that it's a pretty biased and sexist sport. Mm -hmm. And, um, but so that, you know, that I will start with that preface. The latter part of that is like, you know, if you're going to make rules for a game, right. And yeah. like, you, you can't, you can't, um, you can't yell at the umpire or wow. you can't be coached and that's fine. Like you can make whatever rules you want to any sport. The problem is, is that when you don't enforce them, when there is that inherent bias yeah. or um, a failure to apply the rules across the board, you get into these situations that when you do it, when you're actually applying the rules as they're written in the book, you're going to have inst- you're going to have problems like this because yes, you are following the rules, but the rules are shit. So, yeah. you know. I don't know. It, it it was a shit show, and of course you feel really bad for uh, 
um, the young lady who won because that should be a, the highlight of her life right there. Right. Um, and everyone is talking about not that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but a very interesting storyline in, in sports. Yeah, I think it will continue. One, well, a couple thoughts. You know, I, I wasn't sure about my thinking last week. But I've been thinking about it since then. And some things I, I wanted to add is that uh, it seems that Serena Williams especially runs into these kind of problems at the U.S. Open in particular. That this has been a specifically problematic tournament in terms of how she's been regulated. Um, so she's probably had this whole history of resentment build up over the years. And, you know, she's going to be back next year, so what's going to happen then? Um, but, yeah, but the, on the other hand, what obligation does Serena Williams have to not to, to maintain professional decorum? I don't know if there's an easy answer to that, but one thought I had was if you are an athlete at that level, you should have some kind of obligation to maintain composure even when things are not going your way. Um, you know, it makes me think a little bit, especially in the NBA, this happens a lot, where, yeah, I mean, everybody knows that refereeing is jacked up in the NBA, but when you're watching a basketball game, you can almost always tell the side that is complaining to the refs is the side that's getting frustrated because they're losing. And they're trying to find an out um, to, to take out their frustrations. So, I don't know. I don't, I'd be really interested in learning more about this. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think on the question of decorum, right, it's like, is that the right time to express um, your qualms with how your sport is managed? Or, right. Yeah. All of the issues that surround it. Is it? Are you supposed to do that at like, you know, the the third set in the Grand Slam final? Right. Right. Um, it is a good question, but then you have to like also consider that the the emotional high that comes with competing at that high of a level. Uh-huh. You know, like like could have her response been different? Yes, but you, but like, think of how jacked up you'd be, even if uh-huh. you've been there so many times before in that moment. And it's like, when you think about it from a purely like a physical um, standpoint, you know, I, I could, I could see how anyone would <laughs> like just absolutely lose it. Uh huh. You've got a lot of adrenaline pumping through your veins at that point. Huh. Well, yeah, so check out what we talked about last week, and I, we might come back to this again. I'm, I'm really interested in this issue. Um, for those of you who already listened to last week's episode, thank you very much. Uh, special shout-outs, Denver, Colorado, Springfield, Virginia, uh, Regina, Canada, Chicago, Illinois, Mountain View, Canada, Livonia, Michigan, Shihangir, Turkey? Don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Chester, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Ashbone, Virginia. What up, Ashbone? Barry what Ver- up, Ashbone? What up, Ashbone? Barry, Vermont. Champaign, Illinois. San Francisco. Uh, Brooklyn, Bronx. Kind of the regulars. Hey, hmm. other than, I guess... See, hang you, Turkey. We're getting to the point where we've got this like regular listening audience. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> also, we we have had a, a, a somewhat, no, probably not regular, but sporadic contingent tuning in from Turkey, haven't we? Yes, we have. Last yeah. couple of weeks, at different, um, like a couple different cities in Turkey. I feel like. Right. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with that, but hey, yo. Thank you, Turkey, I suppose. Have you have you ever been to Turkey? I never have. No, never yeah. been. Yeah. Uh, uh, me either. Maybe someday. I hear it's 
Uh, nice. Right. Um, so what else? Um, how's baseball going? Yeah, baseball. Yeah. Baseball is going great. It's it's a grand old time per usual this season to be a Red Sox fan. And uh, they're going into a, uh, I think it's a three-game series with the Yankees yeah. um, t- beginning tomorrow, okay. Tuesday. And it's one of those situations, I think I've said multiple times on this podcast in, in the past that I'm a bit of a nervous fan. Uh-huh. You know, like, I like will watch but have a hard time feeling comfortable or feeling emotions other than like pure anxiety when it comes to really important (laughs) games or when we're playing the Yankees specifically. Yeah. Uh, And it's mostly because I think I'm afraid of the shit talking that I'll have to take from Yankee fans should they lose. I think that's really what's pent up in it. (laughs) But um, this, you know, we're at 11 games up. Right on the Yankees and our magic number right now to clinch, I believe is two games. So, uh, going into this, even if we, you know, were to get swept, which I don't think will happen. Um, we're still in a pretty good spot. And, uh, interestingly, Aaron judge could return the Yankee slugger. As many of you know, to, uh, compete in this, Hmm. Um, series, which would be good to see. He's he's probably, you know, he's probably going all stir crazy up in Scranton, Wilkesbury. So right, yeah. Um, how's Mookie Betts? He left one of the games against the Mets early. Do you know what his status is? Yeah. So in the game on Sunday against the Mets, which was the final. Um, matchup, I think our final interleague game, interleague series, Mookie got taken out uh, after throwing a ball in from right field, and it looked like he tweaked his back, which he's had some trouble with in the past and was very scary. Um, But he tweeted out later, you know, something to the tune of, Boston fans, I'm good. Like, don't sweat it. I'll see you on Tuesday. So, um, unless anything otherwise comes out, I think it was more of a precaution than anything else. Okay, that's good. And how yeah. was Chris Sale looking? He's good. He uh, pitched three scoreless innings. You know, they're really slowly bringing him back into it. And again, I think it's part of this larger plan to just not wear him out before the playoffs because he has a history, um, both with the Red Sox and when he was pitching, as you know, with the White Sox of just falling victim to fatigue later in the season and sort of running out of gas. So the Red Sox have been real, you know, really babying him along and returning from inflammation of the shoulder, which is questionable as being actually an ailment or just something that they created anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's good. You know, his last start, he pitched one inning and then... Um, which was his first start back. And then yesterday he uh, pitched three scoreless innings. So he's doing all the things that we want to see him do. Um, you know, you can say what you will about that coaching tactic. or sure. I'm sure as a, as a competitor he doesn't really like it, but um, maybe maybe he can understand it. So, you know, like we're saying, we're coming down the last two weeks of the regular season. Um, the AL, you know, we've looked at this a lot. The AL playoff picture really hasn't changed radically over the course of the entire season. Um, however, as of right now, the Yankees have merely one and a half game lead over the Oakland Athletics for the first wild card spot. So it's very likely, or very possible at least, oh, Sam is tuning in. What up, Sam? Hey, Hi, Sam. what's up, guys? How are you doing? Nice shirt. Right, I made it. All right. What's your shirt, what's Sam? With you? Street. Welcome to Dump on the Up. Welcome to Dump <laughs> on the Up. <laughs> Thanks. How are you guys been going for? 20 minutes and 21 seconds. Nice. Uh, we... 
we were just talking, guess, you know, Red Sox, Yankees, and I was about to say the Yankees have only a game and a half over Oakland for the second, for the first wild card spot. And the Red Sox and the Yankees right. play each other six more games. So even though Boston's magic number is only two, they still have a vested interest in trying to knock the Yankees down and try and make it so that they have to go to Oakland to play that wild card game. Absolutely. I think that uh, them playing in with that one game series, it, you know, it, it makes such a big difference whether you're home and away. And we can look at the winning percentages um, in general of MLB teams home and away. Uh, and, and I'm sure that the difference is measurable to a point that, um, you know, it's almost unfair in some <laughs> ways. So, so yeah, sure. But on the other hand, uh, and maybe Sam can attest to this, uh, you know, the prospect of a uh, Red Sox-Yankees matchup in the playoffs sounds quite appetizing to me. Um, yeah. I also don't necessarily think that the Red Sox want to play the A's more than they want to play the, the right, right. Like I feel like the. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm not biased, but I think the Yankees are garbage, and that the A's are a pretty good baseball team. So, I, feel, I mean, I like our chances against you know the shitty Yankees versus the like surprisingly good A's. You know, yeah, and the hot A's, the streaky A's, the A's who have been the first or second best team in the AL for about two months now. Right. Uh, Record-wise. So, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, that's true. So, here's, so, so if we're going to talk a little shit about the Yankees, then let's really talk some shit about the Yankees. Okay. Because, uh, Deal. Over the weekend... <laughs> that's, that's a good dump of the up tradition here. Because... <laughs> Over the weekend, of course, the Red Sox played the Mets, and one of the best images that came out of that weekend series was visiting Mets fans joining the hometown Red Sox fans in the chant of Yankees suck, so that you had the entire stadium chanting Yankees suck in unison, and I thought it was awesome and hilarious, but... Several Yankee fans on Twitter took quite umbrage to it, uh, talking about how, you know, the Mets should be siding with their own city against the city of Boston. And I was like, no, man, that's, that's not how sports rivalries work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly. <laughs> not the enemy of my fellow Yankee sports club team is... <laughs> I'm also my enemy. Uh, I, uh, is there, like, how much of a rivalry is there between New York and Boston other than this one? Like, I feel like, you know, like the Rangers and the Bruins aren't yeah. rivals, you know? and Yeah, football, I mean, both the Jets and the Giants have reasons to resent the Patriots. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, basketball, yeah, not really. the Patriots. Yeah. But the Patriots aren't really like Boston. It's right. like the New England it's Patriots. Right, you know? right, yeah. So it's just Yankees-Red Sox. You're saying it's a Yankees-Red Sox rivalry, not a Boston-New York rivalry. I, yeah. Maybe, I mean, you could throw football in there, too. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, it's not like they're having, like, economic battles or, like... <laughs> No, they're not like competing over well, the. They're not like warring fiefdoms. You know what I mean? It's not like yes. they're battle for the hearts and minds of the serfs. Right, right, right. That's actually something I think a lot about. <laughs> when, when in history was anyone battling for the hearts and minds of the serfs? Like Siena and Florence, I guess they're rivals on that level. Um, but I, you know, like post-apocalypse when the entire federal government and fabric of society starts to break down, they're going to have to. Starts to. Yeah. <laughs> Finishes breaking down, I think is what you meant to say. 
<laughs> then you're really gonna have to pick a side. And yeah, all those people in Connecticut are gonna have to make a big decision. About Connecticut's the, gonna be the one. Connecticut's gonna tear itself apart. Is yeah. what's gonna happen. <laughs> There's gonna be nothing left there <laughs> after the the country rearranges itself into like city states based around their baseball teams. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's just talk about this for a while because I'm actually really excited about this concept. Think about Ohio and the Midwest when you'd have Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati with all this farmland in between them, right? You would just have roving bands, literally the Pittsburgh Pirates. (laughs) The Pittsburgh literal pirates. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty incredible. Um, I feel like the densely populated Northeast would be pretty, would have a pretty good advantage to a lot of the other parts of the of the country. Except for, well, California would probably just dominate everything because there's so many people there. Yeah. Although they would have like cross city just showdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Angels Dodgers, I think, would become the closest thing to escape from LA. <laughs> you know, that rivalry. Actually, it'd probably be more Giants Dodgers than Angels Dodgers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah that they would hate be, each other. Yeah. And then Oakland would pop up here and there. Yeah. Oakland, tough as Oakland. With their surprisingly good bullpen. Right. <laughs> They're just, like, surprisingly good at occupying territory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, they don't even really have any of the best guys. Like, why are they, why do they take over almost the whole Bay Area? Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have any boats. What's going on here? <laughs> um. Seattle, I mean, might be in a unique position because they'd just be so far away from everybody else that they yeah. would be forgotten and they would miss the playoffs every year, but nobody would even remember. Right, also the Padres, <laughs> because, like, everyone would just forget that they were there. Yeah. You know? And it would be like, you'd be, like, shipwrecked and you'd, like, wash in the shore and everything would be so nice and everyone would be, like, really friendly and beautiful and tan, you know? You're like, where the fuck am I? You're in Milwaukee, baby. Let's get this done. Uh, That would be awesome. (laughs) Um, Oh, man, but don't even get me started about Florida. That would be a shit show down in Florida. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, Florida's already too unstable that without, like, they couldn't govern themselves. You right. know what I mean? They're, like, totally incapable of self-governance down right. there. Right, So, I mean, what would the Miami Marlins do? They'd probably just become a fiefdom of the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They'd be, like, sub-lords. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, we should do. We'll just pay our, our taxes in... Really jacked first baseman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just independent in name only. Right, right. It's like Derek Jeter. It's like walking around and like with a hunchback, you know, like <laughs> Well Derek like, Jeter, yeah, he'd be post apocalyptic, like irradiated from the nuclear fallout. Yeah, like, yeah. Like uh yeah. The thing yeah, like the guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just keep grab, grabbing people's pant legs all the time, you know? <laughs> Jeter, Jeter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to have to get back to this, but... Because uh, I love this concept. Uh, so, yeah, the whole thing was this guy on Twitter, at Justin Diamond, said, Matt's Twitter, I can't believe you guys would side over Boston with... The- Side over Boston than the team you share a city with. And then I said, are you serious? 
And then Miss Yankee Universe jumped in and said yes. And I said, also, literally every other fan base hates the Yankees. And then she said, sounds like a personal problem. I don't hate any team. I look 10 years younger than my age because I focus my energy on loving my team, not hating others. Which is like... Oh, that's the trick. That's the trick, yeah. <laughs> then I was like, the two most defining qualities of being a Mets fan are hating the Yankees and talking shit about living in New York City. Which is also like a defining quality of just being a New Yorker, right? You get to the, like... What I would have said is, so what are you, 75? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> you must be 75 then. That's what I was right. saying. Right. Ah, God damn it. See, you need to get on Twitter <laughs> more often. And so then I went to people we follow on Twitter and just asked them what their opinions of the Yankees are. And everybody was like, of course I hate the Yankees. Like, everybody hates the Yankees. That's like, if you're going to be a Yankees fan, you have to own that. Right? Like, you can't be like, oh, why are you hating us? We don't hate you guys back. Why is everybody hating us? The only way you could be a somewhat tolerable Yankees fan is to be like, yeah, fuck you. You hate us. You know, bring it. We hate you. We, we are hate. hate. Yeah, we are hate. Yes. Well, we've gone back on this, like, many times before. I think that, like, Yankees fans, 90% of Yankees fans are, like, in it for the merchandise. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, they don't follow the game. They, like, go to the stadium once a year and take a bunch of selfies. They don't, like, you know, it's like a, it's like a status thing, you sure. know? Yeah, yeah. It's because Jay-Z made the Yankee hat more famous than the Yankee did. That's right, true. Exactly. That's true. And they're like, yeah, we won! 35 championships and then it's like no you didn't man that's not the number <laughs> they're like well whatever fuck you you know and it's like man go back to Staten Island yeah it's always then, good <clears throat> right yeah. and they're like wait people hate the Yankees everyone loves the Yankees and it's like no, no you've just never left the greater New York metro area in your entire you life or been to Queens or been to Queens <laughs> <laughs> Right, you've never gotten off the Upper West Side. Yeah, yeah. Like, get over it. <laughs> uh, so I thought it was a pretty special bonding moment, actually, when the Mets fans and the Red Sox fans could join in the mutual hatred of the Yankees. Um, Sam, not to put you on the spot, but did you have a hot take you wanted to share since you showed up late? We did do hot oh. takes. What were your guys' hot takes? Uh, mine was about doing a fake punt return in college football. Uh, yeah. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. You weren't around, so uh, yeah. Joel started talking about college football. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh, and mine was uh, taking a shot at the Baltimore Orioles, who very well may not reach 50 wins on the season. Holy shit. <laughs> They're currently at 43, and they have probably the m most difficult uh, remaining schedule in the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, no, not really. I, yeah, yeah. I hadn't really thought about that. That's cool. I just... just. Uh, well, hey, just Joe. Yeah. You had a kind of interesting statistic that came out of the uh, Boston Mets matchup this weekend, didn't you? Well, I wanted to talk about DeGrom. Um, yeah. We, we walked oh, on. Me too, fucker. What? Sorry, well, can't pitch in the rain, DeGrom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Can't, can't pitch in the rain. Yeah. Sprinkle Sugar Man. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, 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 okay. Wait, wait, wait. So, we walked on The Simple Man by Leonard Skinner, which is Jacob DeGrom's walk on music. So, Ugh. there. Made a connection. Sugar um, Sugar Man. So, so, the. <laughs> The, the stat I found was that uh, DeGrom has allowed three or fewer runs in 26 consecutive starts. Breaking asterisk. Asterix. You can explain the asterisk in a second. Breaking Leslie King Cole's single-season major league record that was broken 108 years ago. And so I thought that was pretty impressive when I first read it. 
But Sam, you say that comes with a big sugar-coated asterisk. Go ahead. Yeah. Because did we not talk about this last week? I think we did. I, I went to a Mets game. Oh, yeah. And Jacob deGrom was slight, like scheduled to pitch, and that was the – that was the game where he was like set to tie or break this record, uh, and it was cold and rainy, but not like raining, raining. It was like drizzling and chilly, and he didn't pitch. And the coach was like, "Well, we weren't sure if the game was going to de- get delayed, and we didn't want to like commit to having him start and have him get warmed up if the game wasn't going to happen." And I think that's fucking bullshit. I think if you're, like, going for a record, you fucking go for it. You don't just, like, you know, back out because you don't want to go outside that day, you know? Right, right. Bullshit. Who was that against? Who was he pitching against? Philly. Philly. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, he's got the record now with an asterisk. With an asterisk. Right. So, dump on the ump asterisk. Yeah, dump on the ump asterisk. Ooh, that's good. We're going to have to use that. Um, so here's my question for you guys. Should he be the NL Cy Young winner? Probably. Who yeah. else is good in the Cy Young? Nah. Schozer? Who? Schozer? Uh, yeah. Possibly. I think um, that some. I was having this conversation with someone the other day, and regardless of what your other numbers say, well, not regardless of what your other numbers say, but um, if you don't have a at least lopsided winning record, uh, and I don't care what your run support is, if, um, I don't think you can win the Cy Young. And the only other statistic, I mean, like his ERA is out of control, yes. Yeah. I think that should be the only one. Sorry, go on. Well, so his ERA is out of control, but then his strikeouts, he's up to like, what, like 240-something maybe? And then he's got like, what, eight wins? Yeah, he's eight and nine. So, like, you you can't win the Cy Young in less than 10 games. And if you do, then you need to have more than 300 strikeouts, like, like, it can't just be your ERA. And, yeah, Sam, this is getting back to the, the tension between you and me on <laughs> statistics. But I, I get the feeling that, like, if you're pitching a game, you're also bringing an entire psyche to how that game's going to be played. And that is transferable to how the rest of the team performs. So, yeah, that can't be measured. And I know it's been whatever disproved in the statistical theory world. But, uh, you know, if you're not winning games, you're not going to be the Cy Young in my book. Old man Eli. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that, like, I don't think it's a pitcher's job to win games. I think it's a pitcher's job to allow the offense to win the game. Because it's you don't win games by... You win games by scoring more runs than the other team. Like, you can hold the other team to zero or one run if you're a pitcher, and that's amazing. And you can still lose that game if your team doesn't score any wins. (laughs) Runs. Games. Runs. But I think that... So I think the ERA is the only stat that matters because I feel like the win in pitching is like wholly arbitrary mm. because you can win a game one nothing, or you can give up six runs and your team scores eight runs and you win that game too. It it's like, doesn't matter. It's not a, a, a reflection of how you pitch. So I was leaning towards, yes, he should win the Cy Young as a means to kind of put the the wins as a meaningful statistic to bet because I think we should. I think we should totally get rid of wins as a meaningful uh, measuring stick for how good a pitcher is. Um, having said that, what else should we look at besides ERA? DeGrom is way better. He's number one in MLB in ERA, 178. 
He's way better than anybody else in the NL. Um, Nola for the Phillies has a 2.42. Scherzer has a 2.53. So, I mean, DeGrom is, is blowing both of them way out of the water. And he's pitched the same amount of innings as Scherzer. Or he's, four, he's pitched four and two-thirds fewer innings than Scherzer. Yeah. Scherzer has a better whip and more strikeouts and better strikeouts per nine. I think that it should just be, like, Jacob DeGrom's pitched 202 innings and he's given up 40 earned runs. Like, that's ridiculous. So what happens? How come? I'm I'm sorry, guys. i got to jump in here because the name of the game in athletic sports is to win. Yeah, but I don't it's not care the how you get it done. Like, how is he supposed to get it done, though? I don't like, know. what Look, is he supposed to do? Average. He's in the National <laughs> League. Why doesn't he get some fucking hits? <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, here's All like, I'm saying is that, like, yeah, if we want to look at this in a vacuum, let's look at ERA. But you got to win. That's why they fucking suck. They're not winning. And if he, you know, you could say all day he's contributing to allow them to win. But they're not winning, so he shouldn't be given the, the the highest award that can be a, given to any pitcher. Come on. See, I think it would be great because it would totally throw a monkey wrench into everything baseball stands for, in my opinion, for the better. Because then you really have to look at a team like the New York Mets and say, dude, you guys literally have the best pitcher in the National League on your team, and you guys suck balls. Like, yeah, but think about it this way. If you're 10 years down the road and you're looking back at MLB seasons, you're not like, oh, my God, DeGrom had this amazing no. ERA in fucking 2018. You're like, oh, my God, the Mets That sucked. <laughs> I That's like how that. That's see it. Yes. It's not like this vacuum of statistical theory that we live in. It's right. like... Do you win or do you not? That's what it's about at the end of the day. Right, right, right. No, no, no. I think they should give it to him just to cast, <laughs> throw serious shade at the New York Mets' terrible baseball organization. Uh, here's my question. How, what does it mean? Help me figure this out. Scherzer has a better whip, but DeGrom has a better <laughs> ERA. What does that? What it means that Degrom is better at pitching from the stretch. It means that doesn't it mean that Scherzer gives up fewer walks and hits, right? But, but, but more, more runs. But more runs. But more runs. Yeah. Which means that when somebody gets on base, they're more likely to score on Scherzer on the hill than Jacob Degrom, which gotcha. means that he's worse at pitching from the stretch. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So then that would actually be another point for DeGrom, right? Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, well, I mean, whip is a good stat. Yeah, whip, yeah, whip is. Expanded stats. But I feel like you're, if you're a pitcher, like your number one job is to keep the other team from scoring runs, right? right. That should be yeah. the number one. And, like, and you do you know, that by keeping them off base. But does that right. mean Shozo gives up more home runs? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Huh. Um, is Sale still going to win the AL Cy Young? Has he, has he not missed too much time? I mean, he's the second best uh, ERA in the major leagues after DeGrom. Yeah. He's got a sub-2 ERA. Yeah, and best whip. Yeah. Like, he's best strikeouts. Like, he should. You'd think so. But, well, he had a better season last year and didn't. <laughs> right, he had a better season last year and didn't win. Who beat him, Kluber? No, uh, what's his name? Yeah, yeah the guy for the Kluber. Indians. Yeah, yeah Kluber. <clears throat> and Kluber's down to fifth right now. So, yeah, hopefully it'll be sale. Do you and think that they'll hold it against him that he's missed so much of the last quarter of the season? Well, that's what I'm asking. I hope not, because he still leads in most stat categories. I know that that doesn't matter for things like Golden Glove. Like, I think they gave the Golden Glove to a first baseman one year who played, like, 60 games or something. Yeah. 
Well, who's the other best pitcher in the American League? Verlander. Um, yeah, Verlander. Probably. Yeah. Who has more wins? No. Yeah, more wins, more strikeouts. Fewer strikeouts per nine innings pitched. Fewer strikeouts per nine innings pitched, but he's pitched a lot more. Yeah. <clears throat> uh. So maybe more walks, more. He's given up more runs. He's given up. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Sales given up 34 runs, and 32 of them are earned. And DeGrom's given up 47 runs, and only 40 of them were wow. earned. Wow, that's interesting. Which I guess speaks to your defense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the Mets are trash. Trash team. <laughs> it speaks to the fact that the Mets are trash, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we're coming down the home stretch. Um, I got a couple other things Mets related I wanted to talk about, but do you guys have anything you were dying to throw on the the Barbie? Grom NL and Cy Young Award sale AL Cy Young Award. I think so. I think so. Um, Shozo and Volando second place runners up. Yeah, I think so. And then what? Who is Verlander's? Kate Hudson, is he married to her? Uh, somebody famous. Let me look that up. That sounds And then right. she flipped out when Porcello won the Cy Young yeah, Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember them? Yeah. Well, and I'm wondering, you know, if they give it to Verlander just because he's such a media-friendly kind of guy, you know? Always doing Is he that friendly? He comes off as really, he's like the Tony Romo of baseball, you know? They're always, Kate Upton, not Kate Hudson. Kate Upton. Yeah. <coughs> Kate, Kate Winslet. No. I mean, that's a different person. <laughs> that's the Titanic. Are we just, but I'm not <laughs> entirely sure that it's a different person. Are we just power ranking Kate's now? <laughs> uh, I got I to gotta run, guys. Okay. All right, Eli. Uh, good talking to you. Good luck. In, in your endeavors. Yeah, yeah, kick some people in some shins tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they pay me the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to play That's soccer. That's the move. All right, we'll check you out next week. Um, yeah, we'll have to all watch this Red Sox-Yankees thing. Don't forget to cover your balls during penalty kicks. <laughs> I actually have a ball if you're covering your balls. That's all <laughs> the only wisdom I'm going to leave you with. I've reached a, a place in my life where I actually just don't, uh, I don't, I don't join in on penalty kick walls anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I like, just I'll don't. Play, I'll play the deep threat, guys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, take it easy, Eli. All right, see you guys. See you later. This is a funny episode with like the first third with Eli, and now he's gone. Uh, okay, so I wanted to talk about David Wright, or ask about David Wright. Basically, okay. what the fuck's up with David Wright? Well, he's got a really good walk-up song. We know that. Uh-huh. Wait, what uh, is it? He kind of had a really whole lot of promise and was like a real superstar for a couple years. And then he got so famous in New York that... He hasn't played meaningful baseball in like 20 years, and he's still like the captain of the Mets. <laughs> and he plays, you know, he plays ball for like a couple weeks a year, and everyone's like, "Whoa, damn it, all right!" And then, and then he gets hurt, and he's on the DL like constantly. <laughs> oh, okay. So he's gonna come back for one game and then retire for real. Yeah, probably. Yeah. This is probably it for him. I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine that he'll continue on unless he's got money coming to him, you know? Right. And does he need money? In which case, he'll just continue to pretend to rehab and... <laughs> come, you know. come back for two games a year. Yeah, exactly. Play a couple games a year, open up five or six car dealerships, you know, <laughs> like as a celebrity guest. Yeah. 
He, uh, oh man, he's got it made, huh? I don't know. That, Are you looking at his contract details right now? No, no, I'm looking up something else. But that, he's got a sweet deal. So, fuck, you do you, David, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool. Um, so, so, last thing I had on my docket. Well, I got two things left on the docket. Uh, one thing was, I asked on Twitter... Who would be, what nine-man team would you put together with only guys who had never won a World Series? Okay. That was a, a question I asked. And like all time or right now? All time. All time. Ouch. Yeah. That's tough. So um, one of our Twitter friends, um, Southside Mofo, at On Me Drinks, he came back and he came up with a starting lineup, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Here's his starting lineup Pitcher <coughs> Phil Negro, Catcher Carlton Fisk, which I think, yeah, that's a great call there. Yeah, definitely. First baseman Willie McCovey, second baseman Rod Carew, shortstop Robin Yunt, third baseman Rob Ron Santo, outfield. Ken Griffey Jr., Ted Williams, Tony Gwynn. That's a good one. There's a ton. I was looking at it. There are a ton of Hall of Fame outfielders who have never won a World Series. Right. Um, and then his DH. What is that? Tony Gwynn leading off? Is that? Yeah, he, did, he didn't give him a one through nine, but probably. I mean, you've got a lot of offensive firepower on this team. You probably want <laughs> Ted Williams to lead off, right? Ted Williams was a leadoff guy. I don't know. Like, if you, he wouldn't you want the guy who can hit four hundred to lead off? Nah, he's a power hitter. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the only person who's come close to hitting four hundred since Ted Williams is Tony Gwynn. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but I think he was in the two hole. Huh? Because I don't think he fast. I think he just had a really high batting average. Took a lot of walks. Wow. Uh, was real plump. Yeah. I, that was one that I was like, oh, yeah. Um, I said Mike Trout, but he was specifically pe uh, picking people who were non-active. Right. Um, and then I had a lot of Seattle Mariners on that list. I mean... Right, or Red Sox. Yeah, and Red Sox, yeah. Um, what's his name? Yastrzemski? Probably Stremski, sure. Uh, what did he play? Uh... Yes. Yeah, do you know? Catcher? First base, maybe? Yeah. Oh, I had first baseman Jeff Bagwell. Right. And then I also had Barry Bonds, Mike Trout, Ichiro, maybe? But Ichiro was also an outfielder, and I feel like there are other guys who are better outfielders than Ichiro. But that was one that was on my list. Same with Roberto Clemente. He was an outfielder also. Um, and then Felix Hernandez would probably be my pitcher. Right, or Chris Sale? No. Oh, yeah. Chris Sale hasn't won one yet. Didn't he, he didn't win in 2013? He was not with you guys yet? No, he wasn't. Uh, last year was his first yeah. year with us. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Sale. That's a good call. Actually, there's a lot of current there's pitchers. There's a lot of pitchers. Yeah. yeah. Shows a... Uh, Coach... Yeah, Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw. Uh -huh. uh, like, I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway, that was something I'd been thinking about. It'd be hard to, to come up with one, but... Yeah, I'll come back to you on that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. hard to fill out a nine-man, ten-man roster. Right. On uh, yeah, but tweet uh, uh, some ideas out. And notes, and you know. Y'all thinking, y'all listening to us, tweet some ideas out. Yeah, tweet at us. Uh, the other idea... Oh, NL MVP. So we've been on the Mookie Bets for AL MVP bandwagon since basically last year when you started yeah. the wagon. 2016 for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was thinking, you know, this is a stretch, but I, I may be uh, politicking hard for NL MVP Lorenzo Cain right now. Ooh. Yeah, huh? a little dark horse action here. Yeah, that's our boy right there. Yeah, 
He's having a real good season. Um, Christian Yelich would probably be the Milwaukee Brewer who would uh, beat him, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be campaigning hard for Lorenzo Cain. Uh, other candidates: Yavi Baez of the Cubs and um, what's his name, Arenado. Uh, yeah, for the he's pretty amazing defensive short, uh, third baseman, and he hits the ball really well. But the thing, I don't know. It's I don't pay attention to the National League right. at all, right. especially the NL Central, and especially, especially, double, especially the <laughs> NL West. Like, I'm still unclear. I couldn't name a single player on the uh, Samson. Oh, no, that's not true. You could name someone. You know someone. Like, well, what's that guy's name who got traded to the Padres that we made fun of? Oh, Eric Hosmer. Yeah, Eric Hosmer. Yeah, so there. You know someone. Other than him, I couldn't name a single right. Padres player. Right. Other than Nolan Arandondo, I couldn't name a Rockies player, probably. Uh, I couldn't name <laughs> <clears throat> no, who? They have one other real good guy on their team. Oh, Charlie Blackman. Yeah, Charlie Blackman. Okay. Two. The Diamondbacks? Granky? Granky and Goldschmidt. Yeah, and Paul Gold. Goldschmidt. Yeah, that's it. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's, as far as I'm concerned, those are the only two <laughs> players who play baseball in Arizona. Yeah, yeah that's it. They, they just have... They just play with a pitcher and a first base. Yeah. They're <laughs> but, doing really well. Right. Because every every hit is just a ground out to first. Yeah. They, it, they have that, that scorecard looks crazy. 9-1, 9-1, 9-1. If it's not a... Oh, I mean, a, not a 9-1. It's a 1-3, right? Yeah. 1-3, 1-3, 1-3. And everything else is a home run. If it's not a 1-3, it's a home run. Right. And then the, the opposing coach is just screaming at everybody to bunt it down the third baseline, and for some reason they don't. Right. They can't. Like, stop <laughs> swinging the bat. You just have to – all you have to do is get to first, and then you can steal the rest of the bases. Man, playing <laughs> – yeah, playing with only two players would put you at a huge disadvantage. What if yeah. what if baseball had power plays? How like in hockey. Like in hockey. Like you had to play an inning without a center fielder. Right. Why? I don't know. You'd have to come up with some kind of penalties to exclude right. guys from fight. Like, yeah. like fighting or if you threw – like if someone yeah. got kicked out of the game, right. they just couldn't come back in like yeah. in soccer. Yeah, yeah. Like, like pitcher got thrown out and then nobody was allowed to pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then the game goes on indefinitely because the rules hadn't adjusted to take <laughs> that into account. <laughs> and baseball is over forever. Yay! We did it. We solved baseball. <laughs> it's just eight guys standing in a field forever. Until they die. Yeah. <laughs> Can we leave? No. No, it's still... No, the, it's, it's in your contract, <laughs> actually. It's very clear. Uh, all right. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty funny. We're at one hour right now. Um, anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't cover while you were here? No, we should talk about American football. Yeah. In NFL at some point. I mean, do you want to? Well... What's there really to talk about? There's only been two games. Oh, that yeah. guy retired. That's what I wanted. Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> and uh, Bonte Davis of the Buffalo Bills. Okay, wait. I have a hot take. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This will be. Yeah. This will be good. Davis retiring at halftime in the middle of the game in the second game of the season <laughs> is just like the perfect representation of. Who the Buffalo Bills yes. are as a <laughs> franchise? It's like it's like that. Of course, it was the Bills. Yeah. Of course, the Bills player was like, you know what? I don't ever <laughs> want to play football again for the rest of my life. Right now, yes. and then just retire. Out. Right? 
the game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Buffalo Bills, they're a hot best. Oh, my God, and they have been for so long. I know, I know. It's so bad. Oh, my favorite thing is the Thursday night game this week is Cleveland versus the Jets. And uh-huh. NFL Network is trying its damnedest to pump this game up. But, <laughs> but like, both those teams still suck. Like, the, the Browns still haven't won a game. And the Jets got, just got the doors blown off them by the Miami Dolphins. So wait, how did the NFL Network, which I assume is owned by the NFL, <laughs> who I assume is in charge of television contracts, like, allotment, how did they get Browns Jets? Because they were a bunch of idiots, and they were like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be such a good game. Yeah, uh, Maple. This is the year. This yeah. is the year. They really turn it around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Browns are back, baby. Oh, man. That's the thing. I just can't help but watch NFL football and just laugh. Uh, um. Oh, uh, but I'm, I'm calling Packers Patriots Super Bowl. How's that sound? Oh, nice. Right? I think that sounds... I think Patriots... I, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be real good. Uh-huh. And they'll they'll challenge in the, in the AFC... And then I have the Rams, L.A. Rams, versus the Packers in the NFC. Uh, Packers-Patriots Super Bowl. All right. I have no. not paid any mind. No. I like, it's not worth it. I mean, baseball is still happening. I did my fantasy football draft the day after I got back from Ireland and was so jet-lagged that I fell asleep after, like, the fourth round. And I don't know any of the players on my team, nor have I bothered learning about it. Yeah. Yeah, I had the computer auto-draft for me, and the computer probably did better than I could have. Yeah, well, I've won the first two weeks in a row, so... Yeah, I'm one and one which is better than I usually do. I'm Both of I'm... my running backs got injured this week, so Ooh. I'm kind of screwed. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, I'm real bad at fantasy sports. Um, all right, so uh, Red Sox are not playing tonight. Bears versus Seahawks, Monday Night Football tonight. I'm probably cool. not going to watch it, but, you know, Chicago and Seattle are nominally two of the three cities we root for, so. Okay. Right. But, are you a Bears fan? No. I have no, like, I, 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 no. Like, a lot of my friends are, but I have, I don't dislike the Bears. I'm just like, why would you be a Bears fan? It makes no what sense. Your, okay, in alternate reality in which you're a huge NFL fan instead of a huge college football oh, fan. Oh, yeah. Who is your NFL team? There's an alternate reality where I am a huge Oakland Raiders fan. Everything is exactly the same except yeah. for you're an Oakland Raiders fan. Oh, and, like, every Sunday I get dressed up like Mad Max style. And paint yeah. my face and wear spiky uh, shoulder pads. Yeah. And, and run around central Illinois dressed. But just, even on non-game days yeah. during football season, you only wear black and silver clothing. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. all. When it's not game day. It's just yeah. regular clothes. It yeah. just happen to be black and silver. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's the ultimate reality in Joel, Joel NFL fan. And I'm I'm devastated that they're moving to Vegas. Right. Yeah. Even though even though you have never lived yeah, in Northern it, California. And and my life I think I've spent two nights in the city of Oakland. Well, that's two more than me, so Yeah. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Uh we really appreciate it. Like I said, uh check us out on uh Apple iTunes. Like us, rate us, review us. Check us out on SoundCloud.com. Leave a comment. Uh, visit us on Facebook and tweet at us. Tell us who you think the best MLB players who have never won a World Series are. Who would you start in your starting nine? Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, Red Sox-Yankees play this week. Go Red Sox. 
Um, hopefully the playoffs will be pretty much set by the time we talk to you guys again. Sam, any last words? Uh, the Red Sox are, if the entire major leagues were to be one league, the Red Sox would be nine games in first place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Baltimore yep. would be really bad. Baltimore <laughs> would still be in last place. <laughs> <laughs> what would Baltimore be in a post-apocalyptic baseball league? They'd be like most, they'd be like fish people mostly underwater. Yeah, they would be like in the. They'd be like the Untouchables in the Washington National Society. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's dark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Washington National Society would be super fascist. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And classist also. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh no, you can't even talk to them. They worship a different god. Yeah. <laughs> the bird god. <laughs> All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Don't live too fast. Troubles will Yeah, I think we need to, like, do a map. Yeah. Like, Lord of the Rings-style maps. Here they would be dragons. <laughs> it's like Houston or something like that. Colorado.